0: It's convenient. I got stand to sing the song. I know we have the song this one here. She said, we don't know this one. So I seen a copy of my Somebody singing. it. And uh, let him hear it. He said, oh, that's pretty easy to catch on to. So it's it's an easy tempo. It's typically an invitation song, but I thought we would try it before uh, the concert." Hear <throat> the blessed Savior calling me a friends. Josh, you were certainly right. It's a beautiful song. Easy to sing. Easy to learn and catch on to. Appreciate the privilege of blending my voice with yours to sing those songs. Appreciate the privilege of standing before you once again this morning. I've missed you as I always do when I'm away and traveling. And I'm happy to be back home at the Stanford Church of Christ. I hope everyone is doing well. I trust that you've had a good week. And I want to thank you for a few things. As I said in our Bible study time, I want to thank you for the back-to-school supplies and backpacks, all the hard work, the preparation that went into that especially to Sister Mary. We know the great job and the planning that she does. I appreciate all of you coming together to set that example and to be a help to those in this and surrounding communities making that a success. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your concerns, your phone calls, your cards on my behalf. I'm about to the point where I'm becoming convinced that I may just have to live with this sort of thing. And if that's the case, it'll be just fine. But I do see the doctor this Thursday. It's bittersweet. I I know that the appointment will be bitter, but I'm hoping that the results will be sweet. So hopefully something can be done to get this taken care of. But if it's not, I'm able to Move about. I'm able to go to work. I'm able to travel, and everything will be just fine. And we'll just make do uh, with whatever hand is dealt, if you will. And please remember that it is my pleasure to remember you as well. And I do that regularly. I think about the saints here in Lincoln and Gary counties, Boyle County. Think about the saints in Perry County and Laurel as well and Leslie County and down Knox Knoxville, Whitley. Everywhere that I visit, I remember brothers and sisters in Christ. and I certainly do you even more so for I have preference one for the other. So I remember you in prayer and I appreciate your prayers. And I'm always humbled to stand before you. If you have your Bible, I would invite you please to open and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. And when you arrive in Ephesians chapter 5, would you please go down to verse 27? Ephesians 5 and 27. And we'll begin our remarks right there. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27. The Bible says that He might present it to Himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. You see, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but he gave it nourishment, he cherishes it, even as the Lord does the church. For we are members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery but I speak concerning Jesus Christ and the church. I want to highlight verse 32. This great mystery is affiliated or associated with Christ and His church. There is a husband and bride situation present between Jesus and and His body, which is the church. That's important. And I want you to remember that as we go through our lesson, our sermon, this morning and Lord's will this evening. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself And the wife see that she reverence her husband. Turn your Bible, please, to the first chapter of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 1. We'll stay here for a few moments. I want to make a few points to you concerning the study of the book of Revelation. Namely, it's one single revelation. It's not a group of revelations with an S making it a plurality. It is the revelation that was given by God through Jesus to the apostle John concerning the seven churches of Asia Minor want you to know that these bodies of believers were being greatly persecuted for their faith and what a relief What a joy for them to receive this revelation from God through Jesus to the Apostle John. The message contains saying, I have not forgot you. Heaven knows what you're having to endure. The afflictions That you're facing. That if you will continue faithful unto Me, even if it's to the point of death, having your life demanded of you, I will give you a crown of life. That no government, no ruling body, no persecutor, can remove the hope that you have in the church. Glory unto Jesus Christ forever through the ages in the church. It's the message, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Christian people will be victorious. Take heart and overcome. Let's read the first verse, please. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must, and I emphasize that word shortly. Come to pass. Some teach that there is a division between the first so many chapters of Revelation and the rest. Perhaps you've heard that taught. Do you know what doesn't teach that anywhere in Revelation? The Bible. It is the revelation in its entirety. Of Jesus Christ, and these things, shortly, may I emphasize, are going to come to pass. And yes, we understand that God is not constrained by time, He is the author of time, and He is eternal. Day likened unto a thousand years, and a thousand years likened unto a day. He said, Shortly. And he sent it and signified it. I emphasize another word. We emphasize shortly, verse 1. Signified, given in signs. It's a highly, highly figurative book. I want to share with you when you read about moths in the book of Revelation that have human faces and horse hair, that is a figure. That teaches a lesson. Do not expect to see moths as such, locusts, if you will, with a setup Tuesday night. Nor do I believe that there are, or is an altar in heaven, physically, full of severed body parts. Covered in blood that are speaking. It's a figure, but it teaches a lesson. The lesson of coming judgment and the lesson of those who were martyred for their faith. That blood cries out to God. So, two examples locusts. An altar. Some individuals are teaching physical and literal lessons. The book of Revelation. The first chapter says that it was signified or given in signs. And yes, it contains a great amount of Old Testament language. So the better you understand the old language, the better you understand the pictures and the figures of the book of Revelation, there are lessons, literal lessons, that are to be taken from the figures. By His angel, it's a messenger unto His servant John, the one whom Jesus loved. I have to believe he loved all his disciples. But John enjoyed referring to himself as a disciple whom Jesus loved. John spoke so much about love. And as I've shared with you, not the Bible, but history records even in his old age, after being bold and tortured, He said, love one another. That's history. But from the Scriptures we know Holy Spirit inspired. He had an emphasis on love. And so do we. Who bear record of the Word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all the things that He saw. Revelation was given to Him Things that must shortly come to pass are given in signs and they're to the servants. If individuals teach that these things are all yet future, then what impact would they have on the churches of Asia who were being persecuted at that time? The lessons are for all. And I got the cart ahead of the horse when I told you that the lesson is faithfulness. In the face of opposition and persecution, faithfulness. That's the lesson. Overcome. God has not forgotten you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what a ruling body may decide. His words are still right. Stand up for the truth. And even if our life was compromised in any way physically, our spiritual life is secure. And if you're faithful unto death, the crown of life in the heavenly home is yours. It can never be compromised. Notice verse 3, please. Blessed. If you read the book of Revelation and you're upset, there's a problem because it says blessed. That's translated from the Greek, happy. Is he that readeth and that hears the words of this prophecy and keeps things which are written therein for the time is at hand shortly and it's at hand when it was written All those years ago. The only prophecy that still stands today that has not been fulfilled is that Jesus is coming back in the fullness of time when the Father sees fit be found watching and waiting. That's it. And at the end of the book of Revelation, the tree of life is restored and we can live forever in the heavenly home. Not here but there in the clouds of the air in that place that Jesus has prepared for the faithful. Behold, I come quickly. This world and all the grandeur of it and all the beauty of creation And all the works of men's hands when Jesus comes back will be melted with fervent heat. He has gone to prepare a place. It's not here. That where He is, we may be also. And if it were not so, I would have told you. However, He told us that He has gone to prepare a place. Comfort one another with such an understanding. When you realize that God always knows your situation in life, it's blessed to read and to hear the words and to keep them that you may stand up against the wiles of the devil and the temptations and the snares that he strives to put in your way. John, verse 4, Revelation chapter 1. To the seven churches which are in Asia, grace be unto you and peace... From him which is, which was, which is to come, and from the seven spirits which are before he is throne. Seven <clears throat> in churches, the recognition before the throne, remember it's a figurative book, the Seven Spirits. We are alive. Before the throne of God, if we're faithful Christians, he knows what's going on. Yes, even today, even right here in Lincoln County, United States, he knows. Remember, all things are laid bare, as we said in Bible study, before his eyes. There is nothing that you're facing, no sickness, no crisis, no bereavement, no disappointment that He is not intimately familiar with. After all, Jesus was tempted in all points yet without sin. Therefore, He is your Advocate and you could imagine these congregations in Asia under rule of those that despise what they believe would seek to destroy it. If they receive this revelation and they read about peace. And they read about a blessing. Blessing is he who hears this could you imagine the comfort to the ear that for a moment may have started to believe that we're doing something wrong? We're persecuted greatly. Has God forsaken us? No. You're blessed, you're happy, there's peace for you. And it's coming shortly. Endure and be faithful. And if we were to go to Revelation 2.10, that would be one of the conclusions. Continue faithful unto death. God knows that individuals may seek to take your life. They're just that evil. But He'll give you something greater. Don't worry. He laid down His life while we were yet sinners. And by the power of the Father, He took it back up and He bodily resurrected the first fruits from the dead. And that's an example for us. If our Lord did it, we are going to be able to do it through and by Him. And we're promised a glorious body, not made of men's hands, when this earthly tabernacle is dissolved. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 and following. So, the next time you sing victory in Jesus, please pay close, close attention to the old, old story. You do have victory in Jesus. Oh, death, where is your sting? The grave has no power over you. Is it because you're so strong? I'm weak. I serve a risen Savior. And He is my strength. He is the rock of our salvation. Our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. The only name. What's verse 5 say of Revelation chapter 1? And from Jesus Christ, the seven spirits, He knows you as well. He's at the right hand of the throne. The place of authority. Who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth Unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. When did he do that washing? Acts twenty two, sixteen, right? Why do you tarry? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Titus 3, 5, right? He saved us. He did it. By the washing, regeneration, and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. You believe the Word of God. It's Holy Spirit inspired. You respond to it by faith through grace. You are baptized and God does the work. Even belief is a work of the Lord. You didn't earn any of it. He died to make it all possible. It's not a sacrament. It's not a ritual. It's faith by grace. Belief, repentance, confession, and baptism into Christ is God's plan. And when you respond and submit to His grace, He saves you. You're just an obedient responder or respondent to what you have heard. Jesus shed His blood that you may have the right to be baptized into His death have your sins washed away and rise out of the watery grave to walk in a newness of life born again of both water and spirit. Romans 6, John 3, 1 Peter 3, and Galatians three twenty six, which also says we are all sons of God by faith. For as many of us have been baptized into Christ, Did you see the correlation? Faith and baptism. They don't work against one another. They work together. It's how you come into Christ and clothe yourself with Christ. Saved by grace through faith. Ephesians 2. That's the call and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans chapter 10. John knew that. The revelation reminded faithful Christians who were being persecuted of that. Please remember that your Lord shed His blood to give you hope. And He purchased the church that you've been added to. Acts chapter 2 says, those that received the Word were baptized and God added. That's His order. Who am I? How arrogant am I to believe that I can change the order that God has put into practice? He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That agrees. That's Mark 16, 16. With Acts chapter 2, those that received the Word were baptized and then added, no disagreement. Perfect. God is not the author of confusion. So when sickness rears its ugly head, when there's uncertainty, when individuals oppose you for doing what is simply right, when you have great loss and despair, Jesus paid it all. You can overcome. And if you'll continue faithful unto death, he'll give you the crown of life. We're so blessed to live where we do. But please realize, please realize, even today, we may think this is far from us, but even today, there are countries in the Middle East Where your life could be compromised by simply publicly proclaiming that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God. We are so blessed with our servicemen and women, the freedoms that we enjoy here in America. And we're thankful to God for that. But we do realize that no matter what Satan places in our way, we have the victory. Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And He hath made us kings. I don't feel like a king. But the Bible says you're a king. That is figurative. You're not literally a king, but you've been elevated through Jesus to be as great as one. And you have the blessings of one. And you're recognized as one. And priests... I don't feel like a priest... I'm not through the order of Melchizedek, but Jesus is. And we're in Christ, and that priesthood is forever. And I can offer worship. The temple has the Holy Spirit under the New Testament, and we can offer worship to God likened unto a priest at any time in spirit and in truth. So yes, the Bible is right. Unto God... And his father. Did you notice that unto God and his father is Jesus Christ God? You can't miss it. It's right there. That's, this is, I understand. You may say, Brother Baker, it's figurative, it's taught elsewhere. David prophesied it in the Psalms. Acts chapter 2 says it, Hebrews says it. We can use the Bible. To be a great translation for the Bible. And he has dominion and glory forever and ever. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all the kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, the writer says. I agree. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord when He comes again in the clouds of the air. Is it taught elsewhere? Yes. First Thessalonians teaches it. And it's very clear. Matthew chapter 25 teaches it. And it's very, very clear. going to bring our listener, this portion of our lesson to a close this morning. But before we do, between now and the evening service, please, Revelation chapter 21. Let's talk about the church and let's talk about our new dwelling in heaven. I leave you with this verse to ponder on until we meet again Lord's will. Revelation 21 and verse 1, and I saw a new heaven... And a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there is no more sea. Does that mean heaven, the first one's there right now, and it's going to be gone soon? Highly figurative book. We are promised a new dwelling, a new terrain, and a new sky. And it's not here. For this to rain, these clouds are first to be passed away. Remember, they're melted with fervent heat. That's thought not figuratively, but literally elsewhere. What's that referring to? We'll look at it tonight. Because as a Christian, you are promised a new heaven and a new earth wherein righteousness dwells and it can't be here. Probably has to do with that prepared place. That new dwelling. Who's it written to? The church. The bride of Christ. And if we go down to the very next verse, you'll see that word bride affiliated with the New Jerusalem. And we just read from Ephesians 5, the church is the bride of Christ. The Bible is a great translator for the Bible. So tonight we will define the new heaven and the new earth. We will define the new Jerusalem, and I'll go ahead and spill the beans a little bit. Guarantee it's the glorious church that has to do with Ephesians five. We must be in the body of Christ. All blessings are in the church, and He purchased the church with His own blood. And the Holy Spirit hasn't forgotten that. If you're present this morning and you have a need to render faithful obedience to your Lord's invitation, we would invite you to respond this hour, now, before it's ever lasting too late. Won't you believe in Jesus? Because of the faith that you have, won't you turn away from your sins by repenting of them? because of the faith that you have, won't you confess before this congregation, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And because you believe, won't you be buried with Jesus in the watery grave of baptism for the remission, the forgiveness of your past sins. God will wash away your sins by the blood of Jesus because you respond to the grace of of His Word. You believe Him and you say, Lord, I'm willing to do what You would have me to do so that You may save me. It's the way that God ordained. You will rise to walk in a newness of life. You will be added to the church, the body, which is glorious because of the head, that's Jesus, by God Himself. And you'll be equipped to live that faithful life unto death. Or until God sees fit to send His Son back. In the fullness of time and the clouds of the air. If you are subject to the gospel invitation in any way. Won't you respond? And if you've obeyed those blessed commands. And you've not lived a life that would bring honor to your Lord. We are ready to assist you and pray with you for restoration in your life back to the straight and narrow walk. Or if you're present, you just desire the prayers of Christian people on your behalf, no matter what the need may be, we are ready to pray with you and for you. It would be our joy. Whatever your need may be, won't you come as we stand together and sing on your behalf? God it is strong, we'll try to go down without delay.